mistakes. You know what happened? What happened? I can't. Got it. I went to, you know how the white box comes up in the thing that says, uh-oh, you're gone again. Paula? Paula. How Is about it? now? Wait, wait, no, wait. I can't see you. I can hear you. Yeah, I know. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. Let's see if we can all fix right, that. All right. All right. I trust we... you. Um, that's better. Can you see now, yeah, Vicky? You got to get back I... into headphones. <laughs> I can see you now. I, like, should we start this whole thing again? I feel like well, we can. You well, know. On the headphones. Am I on the headphones? No, you're not. It's good speaker. It's on the speaker out here. Hold on one second. You know, second. you want to be on the headphones, though, because I think it'll right. sound better. Let's, okay. let's just try this. Sorry. No, I accidentally pushed leave meeting because I yeah. can't see <laughs> oh, so, so I could is... see that there was two things to push. Now there's the now you're in the headphones. All right. And How now about you're, now? now <laughs> you're divinely now here. Oh with my me. gosh. The panic, the tech panic. You know, but this isn't fair because this is what's happened through the pandemic. We've had to learn how to do all this stuff ourselves. You do have assistance. You have your assistance. I do, but I don't, uh, you know, it's not. I haven't learned how to do. I mean, I can do some stuff, but I can't do. But the, uh, yeah, and, and it's not. You know, there's a frustration that comes from tech stuff that comes from nothing else. That okay, I can so tell of. us about your frustration with tech stuff. Well, just Paula. anything, anything. You're they're always. What was I? I was trying to do an audition. Yeah. Uh, recently, and it was. Um, it it was uh, this new kind of audition where you don't go in to a casting office. Right. Um, you make your own video, right? Right. And uh, it was for um, a remake of Emergency. Oh. Yeah. I was, re reading, you, for, you I was reading, reading for, for Dixie. Remake. For Dixie. <laughs> Not really, but it was close. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, you know, you have to come, you know, out in the, this room that I'm in now. And, yes. uh, you know, I got dogs and cats and, and um, you, you know, every time I pushed the thing to start the take, <laughs> either, you know, just something kept going wrong. And I did, you know, and so I did, okay, trash that one, trash that one. And then, of course, after a little while, a box comes up that says, your storage is full. There's no more room. And I'm like, storage? <laughs> Why? I'm not storing this. And then you have to go through, you know, stop and delete some shit. And then... I, I swear to God, I give my cat. I have ten cats. I give ten cats. Okay, I one, wanted. I wanted one can of cat food at, at three o'clock in the afternoon. I have no fucking idea why I ever started doing that, but I can't not do it now because they will tear the house down. Wait a minute. What do you mean one cat? You give them one can of cat food, but you give them a lot of uh, you give them dry food. At other times of the day, I, yes. I feed them in the morning and I feed them at night. Okay. But for some stupid reason, I started doing this dumb, and it's literally one can of food for 10 cats. They are not hungry. They just, they're just, they just like it that I do it. So and wait, just, do they all get at least a lick? Do I you guess. think? I don't know, but I'll tell you what they all do. Okay. Is scratch at my door and meow if I haven't gone and given it to them at three o'clock. So at some point in my tech frustration, trying to do, you know, you know, gauge, gauge. This man is hurt. I tried to do my audition. At some point, you know, I finally got the fucking, you know, 
storage space. It's okay. I think by this time I've memorized the goddamn script. I, I, I finally, I, it's, and as it happens, it's three o'clock, but I didn't realize it was three o'clock until right in the middle of my dramatic reading. You know, <laughs> Gage, Gage, he's hemorrhaging, he's hemorrhaging. And you can hear, wow, I'm like, motherfucking goddamn cats. Yeah. Yeah. Rufus has been a part of many of my shows. So you met Rufus. So cats, so so you have 10 cats. How many dogs are we up to now? Are we two dogs still? Oh um, that's my dog Mo, and oh. that's the thing that she does best. Um <laughs> I'm Mo. That's only because she's taking a moment out from licking her paws. You know, <laughs> there's I, I, there's something about trying to write. Or, or, you know, or, or go about just sitting beside someone, anyone who's going. <laughs> it's like living with my great aunt Irene. It's not pleasant. Uh, but yeah, that's my dog, Mo. And then I so, have another bi- big dog. I have two big dogs. Two big dogs. And so, you know, I've, Rufus has, is, has become a major part of, of my Monday shows, my shooting the shit shows. He, but he just barks through pretty much most of the interviews I do. So have you found that doing these self tapes, you run into this issue with, with the animals? The- I do. And you know, when we, for example, my podcast, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Um, when, but I do. You know, when yeah. COVID hit and we had to Thank you. And we had to, you know, go to our dwellings and make these instead of being in a studio. Um, At first, uh, you know, the people that I'm working with on the podcast were like, oh, you know, we could hear the dog, you know, we could hear. And then after a while, and we all, everybody on this podcast has a pet. And so (laughs) after a while, you know, we all just like, fuck it. We don't care. (laughs) You know? You can, I, I listened to, I might've told this before. I can't remember. I listened to James Carville and Al Hunt. They have a podcast that's uh-huh. very informative. I, I, I really enjoy listening to it. And I think that both of them are, this is just a guess. I don't know this for sure, but certainly James, I think he's so hard of hearing that he doesn't know everything that you're hearing while you're listening. I swear there was one episode where I assume Mary was Emptying the dishwasher like so loud that you could hear it over his discussion of Ukraine. And I'll tell you something. One of the one of my my life is fairly mundane. Honestly, I do the same things every week at this point in my life. I work really hard, and you know because I have animals, there's a schedule for feeding. Blah 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 blah. Um, and because I have ten cats, mostly what I do is sip. But um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts while I do my chores and a lot of books and things. And hearing James Carville do an ad, you know, because all, you know, all podcasters, um, the advertisers kind of have us by the balls. Um, That's how you pay. That's how you that's how you keep your podcast going is by earning money doing, you know, and these companies that advertise in podcasting have figured it out. Basically, it's mostly um, the kind of product that you wouldn't buy in a store that you would just order online. Um, Anyways, hearing James, and we all do the same ads. We're all reading the same copy. You can tell as a podcaster, you can tell when someone goes off the copy because there'll be a part of it that says, you know, um, you know, 
tell your experience with the product. Hearing James Carville talk about Magic Spoon cereal is one of the delights of my life. You know, Al, I got this Magic Spoon cereal. I big box of it at my door. I don't know where it came from. Well, shit, you don't know where it came from. Yeah, James, people would just drop it off cereal at your house for no good goddamn reason. Not true. He seems like such a straight shooter. And then you hear that kind of lie. So, Paula, speaking of tech challenges and stuff, so I, I was mentioning before we went live that um, I had reached out to you because I was running a few minutes late and I had texted you and I had completely forgotten. Why Why did that fall on, on deaf ears, Paula? Well, I'm looking to see. Oh, I have it here. You somewhere. have it to show because us? I, yes, I do, because I use <laughs> I use a flip phone. And so I don't communicate by texting with anybody because it's just too goddamn hard to do. You know, you have to, oh, there, yeah. See? It says there's a message. Yeah, you're right on See? there. there yeah, you you, <laughs> a lot of people haven't seen a flip phone in so long, they don't even, so what happens is, like, if you want to use the letter B, you have to push the number two twice. It's a lot. You got to be, be a cryptographer. You got to, you, you got to be, you got to be a, a member of QAnon to figure this out. QAnon. <laughs> I just finished listening to a book about them. Horrifying. It's called Trust the Plan, and it's by a guy named Will Summer. And uh, he's, you know, he's kind of studied them and followed them for years. And right. uh, so he explains what they think about how it got started. Nobody really knows for sure. Um, but anyways, one of the things that the, and, and what happens very much, I think, like any religion, really, right. is that there's the main guy. Say there's like Jesus or I guess Muhammad. There's <laughs> the, the main, main guy. guy. In, this, in this case, it's Q. It's and Q. the main guy communicates uh, in some, you know, airy fairy way. And there, there, there's people that are just regular people that have figured out how to interpret it. Right. So there's the, the minister, the priest, the, the, so like they, the way they wrote the Bible, like they just, they just, they, yeah, they figured yeah. out. Yeah. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a, so with, so the very similar thing has happened with QAnon. There are people, <laughs> you know, online, they have their websites, they do their uh, thing where they say, well, I can, you know, I know what Q meant. You know, they all are interpreting the way another religion would get interpreted. You know, the Joel, what is it, Ornsteins or whoever the guy who had the money in his wall, that Christian guy, right? right. So, but one of the things that the QAnon people like to do is um, they, like, for example, the letter Q is the 17th letter in the alphabet. And okay. so I'm taking anything, your word for that. Anything. Yeah. yeah, I didn't count it. I just I'm taking <laughs> Will's word for it. anything okay. that has the number 17 in it. They're like, oh, oh, that means something. It's oh. they think it's all. And I'm like, really? I don't that, that would, I think they've just seen too many Indiana Jones movies. But that would be a lot of. It, it would just be more like why bury the message? Right. If the message is that important, why on earth would you code it? But so one of the things they do when they go hear Trump talk is they watch his gesticulations to see if he ever happens to make a Q sign or or a, or a 17. Like, really? That's yeah. 
I forget why I'm telling you that. Oh, <laughs> because of having to press the two, the two twice to get a B or three times for a C. <laughs> well, what if you have to make an M? Come on, that's a lot. Of, that could take oh, all day. Oh, it's a tremendous amount. And God forbid you, you make a Q. Um, so, so, so seriously though, how the hell do you do your business and stuff without being like, okay, so let's say you're, you're on the road They're there. Tr someone's trying to let you know you're, that you're, that the show is canceled. It's running late. Something's going on. How do they get a hold of you? If, if I get there and there's a big <laughs> show canceled sign on the door, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> on the day of, of no, it was the day, was it the day after? Wasn't the day of, and it was the day after the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, oh, I was supposed to be working. And uh, I was supposed to be working at Wilbur in Boston. And I remember, I, th I think that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. And, and they were, and, and I was, I remember that I was going to the, I was in Chicago and I was headed to the I was headed to the Chicago airport to fly to Boston. And I remember I called my manager and I said, why am I doing this? Why am I flying to Boston? Because I've been watching the news all night long. Right. See, this was the point at which they were looking for the guy and they had like who had shut the city down. Remember the guy that they found in the boat? And uh, and I'm like, why am I going? She goes, no, no, the shows they're doing the show. The guy says they're doing the show. I'm like, all right. And of course, I get there and paper sign taped to the <laughs> taped to the door. Oh, show's canceled. Okay, all right. Um, so you obviously your manager has a flip phone <laughs> flip phone too. And well, you know, by the way, it. what do you mean? Why? How can people communicate with me? They call. That's how they do it. But you they know, people call. don't call. They come talk. on, call up. People, well, people don't have call. to. People I need do to. with you. I call you. Yeah. <laughs> And I know when I call you that I'm going to laugh for the next hour, that that's a yeah, given. See, that I'm that's laugh a good till thing. I cry and it's, and you make it worth it. We, you know, people, uh, there's all these, you know, studies and statistics talking about our depression and our loneliness and teenagers are, you know, the suicide rates are supposedly up. I'm not sure that they actually are, but in, in, uh, what's it called when they ask you questions? Uh, what is that called? Uh, Pew Research, what do they do? Surveys. In surveys, you know, people will claim to be very, very, and they've taken those and they said, oh, it's worse than it's ever been. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, gee, do you think it might be that you're not talking to people? <laughs> do you think that could have something? To it's very important to talk. It's very um, important to talk. I do it all day long. Okay, so you you are now kind of back to pretty much full schedule, right? I mean, I, I yeah. looked at your tour. You're, 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 wow. So how long is hard. it? My goal is to get a lot of frequent flyer points. <laughs> so how, how long has it been? How long have you been back at work? I, I think it's been about a year and a half. I started back, oh. I think it was in 2021 in June. And, uh, you know, it started out kind of funky. It wasn't like regular work. It was um, theaters still 
had, um, you know, protocols where, for example, um, people had to be separated within the theater, right. they reduced the amount of tickets that they would sell. Although the truth is I couldn't sell out even with a substantial um, reduction <laughs> in part because people still weren't really willing to come out out of fear. And right. I think, I think those were the right choices. Right. Um, but, but they would, when they seated them, they would have like, uh, you know, some maybe three people that were together in the center. Uh, you know, I, I work in theaters, so they, you know, they'd be in like, you know, the third row in, in the center, and then in the next row, uh, you know, several seats away, there'd be like another group of people. Now, under normal conditions, if I went to, you know, a theater mm -hmm. to perform and, you know, ticket sales weren't what we'd hoped for, um, then somebody, uh, you know, the person who goes out and tells where the emergency exits are might say, hey, you know what? Uh, there's a bunch of seats right down front. Why don't y'all come, you know, let's all get friends. Everybody, right? You would normally do that. You would normally gather everybody together because right. it's, it's easier as it, it makes for a better show because sure. you got that energy all collected. Sure. But at that time, what we were doing out of fear was you know placing people far apart so boy was it a heavy lift i'll tell you oh my god I bet. yeah yeah i mean the energy was just so so dead in the room i mean i did it and um you know it went it went okay but it was definitely how, how uh, long did that last paula that people that that oh. it was weird like that um not that long june july august uh, you know maybe by september you know, things, they weren't doing those kind of protocols anymore, maybe even earlier. But then what happened was Omicron hit. So right. I had planned to be home in December for a couple of weeks, but then theater shut down again. And so uh, I didn't go. So then I started again in February. And really, it's been um, it, it's been pretty steady ever since then, uh, which is great. You know, um, I, you know. I, I personally learned so much during that 15 month stay at home uh, order. One thing I learned is that I never fucking want to do that again. Um, but <laughs> the other thing is just, I, I really, I really longed for the audience so much. Um, don't ever tell this to anybody, but it, it is very possible. <laughs> I'm not certain. But it's very possible that prior to the stay at home order, prior to March, when COVID, you know, it, 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 you know, hit uh, that I might have whined a little bit about travel. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not sure. Um, but I'll tell you, I haven't whined about travel since I, I, I am happy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far my head hangs off my spine during the airplane ride. I'm happy as a clam. Doesn't matter. You know what? Nutty passengers, <laughs> flight delays, bring it on. I'm happy as a clam. Paula, uh, so have you, did you get the COVID during COVID? So all this travel. No. no. Okay, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. I haven't either. I'm knocking wood for both of us. Thank you. How on earth have you traveled so much? And what do you, what's your travel protocol, your personal travel protocol? Um, don't tell me nothing. Don't tell me you don't no, mask oh on the no, plane. No, no, 
Tom Cruise has been flying me in his <laughs> personal jet. And I ask him to wear a mask. And that seems that seems to have done the trick. I, I'm not sure. But uh, that's how that's how it's shaken. No, I, I don't know. You know, it's I glanced at a headline of an article one time um, just online. And by the way, you're not supposed to do what I'm about to do which is okay. you're not supposed to glance at a headline of an article and then share what you learned because <laughs> you didn't learn anything. You didn't read the goddamn article. And that's how misinformation can get spread. It's very this important is- to, to know what you're talking about, <laughs> to check your sources, to make sure, you know, better to be silent on a topic than to spread shit. Um, having said that, uh, I did just glance at the headline. I didn't read the article, but I, I did see a, 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 you know, an article one, you know, a headline that said that there that, uh, that there was a possibility that there were some of us that just don't get it, just don't get COVID. And that might be me. Having said that, I am very careful. I have all five of my vaccinations. I'm, I'm probably going to go back in not too long uh, to get. Okay, that's uh, what I was going to ask. Like, I'm to, about to, to booster re-boost. my booster. Yeah, uh, me too. Like, I got one in September. We're about to travel to Europe. I'm getting on a plane for the first time. I'm like, okay, I want another. I want. I want the booster again. Yeah, but I have to. I, I think maybe I agree with you, and I don't want to give it a Kinahara. But I, I, th- there are people who like. I've been very careful. You've, you've been careful but out in the world been, no i've been very careful i wear a mask everywhere i go if i'm indoors um but, but, I'm, but you're in the theater and you're performing and you're not wearing i a mask. do take the mask off sometimes i wear it all the way out to the stage and i think the <laughs> audience is for a second like what the fuck is gonna work um but, but wait you do meet and greets and stuff afterwards i right? don't any longer no i stopped doing oh. that way back in that march um oh. uh yeah i just feel like i don't want to push my luck I think you're you know, very wise. I think yeah. you're very wise. I mean, every now and then somebody will, like a, a, a public radio station will promote my show and they'll offer backstage meet and greet to the audience. I mean, to, excuse me, to some of their audience members. Right. And I'll I certainly agree to that. Uh, I And part of the thing is, oh, they get a picture. And <laughs> here's what I do. I leave my mask on until just before we take the picture and I go, I will take my mask off while we take this picture and I will not breathe. <laughs> and I would ask that everyone do the same. So, um, wow, you are as COVID crazy as I, I love it. Okay. But, and it's not crazy. Okay. No, so crazy. I want to know how you do that. Please if, help me with how you do the travel thing. Cause I'm scared. So the whole What's time you're in the airport, you're masked. Yes. Okay, yeah. you get on the plane. Now, let's say you're going on a long flight. Yeah. No eating, no drink. What do you do? Do you take it off? Uh, no, I do eat drink. I do, I do this thing. Like, I'll occasionally even go. I don't do this often at all. But I will occasionally go to a restaurant by myself when I'm out. Very rarely. But I will. And here's what I do. I go like this. And I put the bite of food in. And I put my mask up. You're like this. I put the bite of food in. I put my mask up. I'm so used to it now. It doesn't feel like that big an inconvenience. Um, uh, and it's good because now if you get mustard on your face, no one really knows. Um, if you yeah, get a pimple, so I do. Knows. I have 
I have, uh, I, I'll, I'll eat like a bag of chips uh, on the plane or, uh, or suck down a, a, a soda. Um, but I, I, I literally do it like, you know, taking the, taking my mask off for each bite or each sip. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm busy just sitting on a stupid airplane. It's not all that challenging to do. Now, I have heard some people say that people look at the weird or give them a rough time for wearing a mask. How stupid would that be? I have not encountered anybody who's done that. I did see on Twitter the other day, did you say the thing where the guy, some idiot, had a picture of himself on his Twitter post, and he said uh, that he had offered the passenger beside him, like, you know, $100,000 to not wear their mask, and the person wouldn't do it. I'm like, first of all, why would you think for a moment that some goober on the plane was going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars? Like, yeah, how exactly do I make sure I get payment there? Um, but second of all, why would that guy care? Yeah. Right? Somebody's mm-hmm. besides you wearing a mask, at, you know, whatever. And if somebody beside me isn't wearing a mask, I, I don't. It's not like I say anything to them. I, I don't have anything to say to them, anyways. Um, I will say that when I, I first started back, like in that June month, uh-huh. uh, I was in Florida at one point. I did a lot of jobs in Florida. And Florida's terrifying. The they were terrifying uh, then. They were. And, yeah. you know, people would say to me, why are you working Florida and Texas? And I said, because I want to see them before they die. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love them. Uh, but I was in Florida. And <laughs> I, I, I remember I got in a car i had a car service pick me up at the uh, at the airport to take me to the hotel and i had my mask on and the the car service guy uh we sit down in the car (laughs) and he takes his mask and he dangles it in front of me he goes do you need me to wear this and i found it so irksome i I said you do whatever you want because i'm not going to tell a grown man how he should behave right you're not going to make any headway anyway so and then he chuckled and he goes well we're kind (laughs) of spoiled down here and I, now I couldn't, now I couldn't not talk. I go, I go, sir, you have dead people. You know, he was saying it as if, as if they were allowed to not wear masks. And they were winning and, the lottery. And have no consequence. Right. Like, no, no, no. Like, we're allowed to run in traffic here. It's, we're kind of spoiled. Yeah, yeah. We can, we can take all the cyanide we want. In this part of the country. So you might not be used to that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, okay, so now you go to these places. This and... cat is driving me crazy. Oh, I keep who, like... Who's this one? What's his? What's their name? Severus. Severus. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a good boy. But he keeps jumping up on me. And I, you know what? One thing that's happened in the last couple of years, don't tell anybody. I think I might be allergic to cats. <laughs> You sniffle, and I'm hearing you say oh, you have killing. allergies now. Yeah, I have terrible allergies. I have a kitten stuck in my throat right now. <laughs> terrible decision. But you've had cats for a million years. I have. I think I've developed this recently because I was wow. trying to watch a show the other night uh, uh, in the living room, and uh, my cats kept jumping up on my lap. And I realized that afterwards I was having like sneezing fits. And my eyes were all watery, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, 
Yeah, this would not be good for you. No, it really would. I wouldn't do anything differently anyways, but, you know. Okay, so speaking I'd of- shave them. <laughs> speaking of-, of <laughs> speak, Severus. <laughs> speaking of-, of, of oh, health, so, oh, for oh. God's sakes. Could which one? Which one is that? Male. Here, I'll show. I mean, the male, like, yeah. M-A-R. Oh, I, I know him. Stop it. I, I know That's him. That's my dog, Sirius. Yeah. They're I, all very yeah. Hey, hey, don't make me say hey. <laughs> so yes. speaking of, of health and stuff, and okay, I'm so yeah. happy that you've escaped. Okay, wait, oh, before I get off the COVID thing. So you go to these cities and you you do all the proper pro- protocol. And occasionally you go to a restaurant, and you take your mask down, you put a bite of food. And so you don't eat in restaurants the way you did once upon a time. You, you never just sit there without a mask. I, I now do that. Very rarely. If I okay. went out with somebody, um, I which I have a handful of times, not mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Um, uh, which is probably more a product of, I mean, no social life than anything else. But on the rare <laughs> occasion in which I've gone out with somebody else, right. I would, I would, I would take it off for, for the meal and, and just keep my, uh, keep my fingers crossed, which I think, is a medical protocol. <laughs> this is a Cross, medical, crossing your face. A new yeah. medical protocol. Yeah. So, okay. So, so when you're in the other city and, and you're not, so are you doing, are you getting, taking food out? How are you eating? How are you existing? What are you doing? Um, well, the majority of my dining experience when I'm out <laughs> is this, which is, <laughs> I have whoever's taking me from the airport to the hotel stop by like a, you know, a 7-Eleven or a CVS. And I go in and I buy, uh, you know, uh, a box of a 12 pack of Diet Pepsi cans. And then like recently I was in uh, one of those and I got, uh, I got a bag of, Hostess mini donut gems, the white powder. Oh my God, ones. you used those in a in my clip for me. And aren't those the best? I, I do. I love those. Sugar, those are the and, best. And then <laughs> I used to eat them when I was when I would drive back and forth from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and I had a convertible back then. It was a. They're very messy. I had a cabriolet back then. It was a, it's a French car, and. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, what time I mean, you know, I'd stop to a 7-Eleven to, you know, get a soda and keep myself awake. And I get, I got a little row of the Hostess mini Jonah gems with the white powdered sugar. I'm eating them away, driving with my top down. And I looked in the mirror at one point, I got white stuff all <laughs> over my face. Well, of course a cop pulls me over. And, uh, <laughs> I said, no, sir, officer, it's the, the hostess mini donut chums. Um, all right. So I'm in this store. I get I get a bag of hostess mini donut chums. I get a large bag of Ruffles potato chips. I get uh, two packages of the waffle cream cookies with the, the lard in the middle. Oh, and the sure. kind of wa- oh God, I love those. And uh, I feel like there was something else maybe like a small bag of Doritos. And I put it all up on the counter and I thought, Jesus, this just looks awful. <laughs> and so I got uh, an orange <laughs> and just put it up there. Cause I didn't, you know, I hate to be judged. I'm very sensitive about what other people think. 
<laughs> Orange. Okay, but wait, come on. You're not eating that stuff 24-7. You, you eat a meal here and there. It's mostly what I eat. It's my- I mostly eat stuff like that. Okay, so how? And then I look for a good supplement. <laughs> so you're trim now. I can see it. Are you working I, You out know for- what? I think I'm pretty much packing the pounds back on recently. I was, at the very beginning of um, the stay-at-home order, I started this goofy little workout thing where I, I, wanted, to, um, I wanted to learn to do real push-ups. And so I started doing push-ups from my knees to like strengthen my arms so that I could build up to real push-ups. And, and then I thought, well, so long as I'm doing that, I'll throw in a few other things. Right. So I had a little workout plan that I did. It was, it involved say jumping jacks, uh, uh, you know, squats. uh, um, uh, I started, I had uh, Russian twists, um, uh, I don't know, and these, uh, you know, push-ups on my knees. How, how many and, push-ups could you do, real push-ups could you do? Well, I couldn't do any at that point. And, and, but what I would do is I would do this little workout thing that would only took me like five or 10 minutes. Um, I would do it twice a day. And every week I would increase by one each uh-huh. of, right. For, and I did this for, and then I started posting it on Twitter. And people were very funny, their response to it. Um, and, I, and I would say that I was trying to, you know, build up to doing, um, and somebody, in fact, was a, a, a follower on Twitter, told me um, that if you do push-ups on a wall, uh, where you move your feet back as you get stronger, you move, so, event, right, so you start up upright, and then eventually, right, so you're, you are using your arms more and more. Um, so I would do, eventually I moved to the counter, and... I had a, I forget how many. So I you could started do at, that at the wall, then you do the counter and eventually you get to the floor. Right. Right. Wow. So one day somebody wrote, Oh, I think it's time for you to do the, you know, the real kind on the floor. And they said, for every one you do, I'll do five. And, you know, it was some big buff guy had written to me. And uh, so I said, okay. And I think I could do three. So he did 15. He videoed it and sent it to me. And from there I started every week adding on, I, when I finally stopped, and I don't know why I stopped, I just did. Um, but when I finally stopped, I was doing 70 something, but not twice a day. I finally, I, after a while, it just took up so much time that I would only do it once a day. But, you know, I'm telling you, wow. if, like my, if my assistant, Wendell, uh, like I never did it when he was around. But if he were to walk through the room while I was doing my pushups, I can guarantee you he'd go, those aren't right. You're not doing it right. Right. <laughs> And I'm sure if the guy who sent me the video of him doing, you know, 15 to my three, I'm sure he would say the same thing. No, no, like your hands need to be hard. So my guess is that they weren't totally regulation. Like I would not, I would not get like a deferment to join the Marines. I wouldn't, but I was doing something like a real push-up, 70 something a day. And then if you include the... I would increase that. I was still doing the ones on the, on the counter and I was still doing ones on the, on my knees. And so at one point I was doing over 300 of some form of push-up a day. You must've gotten very strong. I had, you know, my arms were looking much better. And prior to that, they had really been like, you know, when my kids were little, one of their favorite things was wag- waggling the lower part of my arm because children are awful. 
I don't recommend them. <laughs> so, okay. So. You know what? You know what's worse than like little kids is young adult kids. That is the worst. And no one ever says anything about that, right? They'll be like, oh, you know, they're out of the nest. Well, yeah, but they're, they're just, they're, they're miserable. I was miserable when I was that age, too. Young adulthood is not a good phase of life. (laughs) Parenting a young adult is so hard because the key to it is keeping your mouth shut. And that's not my strength. (laughs) You have to say a lot of stuff like, well, that could work. I can't. You know what? I can't even visit my kids at this point in my life because (laughs) I had eye surgery about a month ago and it still hurts to roll my eyes. (laughs) And so I just, I just can't put myself in that position. See, and I find they roll their eyes at me. They, yeah, we, I yeah. have the reverse problem. They're yeah. rolling No, they do that too. Time. But I don't think, in fact, my, my middle daughter, when she was in middle school, was the captain of the eye rolling team at her school. And we were very proud of that. Very, the whole family was so proud. Okay, so... So you, you eat junk food. You were doing this incredible workout. It was. Now I walk a lot. That's sort of. You walk the dog. You walk the the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm walking like about, um, generally speaking about 50 blocks a day. So it's about about an hour and a half. I'm not a fast walker. You know, Joey Hamilton walks like 10 miles a day and I'm just like, who the fuck has time for that? That's it. That's insane. So, so, but she's a rail. So, okay. So, so you eat these, do you, do you, okay. I, the last time you were on, you were talking about impossible burgers with raisin bread, which was grossing me oh. out. I have to oh, tell no, are you still the on best. the impossible wor- burgers? I, and I raisin- haven't eaten an impossible burger since I don't think I've, I may still have some in the freezer, but I don't think I've eaten one since the man who owned the company bit someone's nose off. That bothered me. How do I not know about okay, this? this I, could be, okay, I could be spreading misinformation right now. <laughs> I think it was the Impossible Burger guy. It was a guy wow. that owned a, a fake meat company. He got in an argument with somebody in a parking lot. I don't think he bit his nose off, but he did bite the man's nose. And I just thought that was so funny coming from a man who thought it was important not to eat meat, that it would be okay to bite the nose of another. That's just, that just doesn't feel right. In no, fact, a- um, Barbara Streisand has started a charity uh, to, uh, she's become an activist uh, <laughs> to stop people from biting noses. Something she feels strongly about. Okay, so um, so wait, so all right, I'm gonna get to my question. So my question is: so you eat this crazy way, you exercise, you, you ex you still exercise. We're of us, you're younger than I am, but we're still kind of of a certain age. And we've gone through this whole pandemic thing, COVID-free. How's your health? I mean, I do nothing but go to doctors now. I oh, all that's I terrible. do is go to, it's it's oh, been so a, it's, sorry. yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So it is are a you pain in the ass? Are you like <laughs> you're really healthy? Like you are? You've gotten through this scot free? This whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I already had problems with my eyes prior to the stay at home order. Yeah, and um, that's probably that's where I have to seek the most um, medical assistance. What's the eye issue? Outside of that, I'm good. I I have, I have glaucoma 
And so there's like, you know, rather large patches of my eyes that don't see. Um, but, you know, and I, the thing is, like, I'm, I'm not going to be an expert. When they first diagnose you, you know, they send you home with this pamphlet on the topic. I don't understand a word of that pamphlet. I, and, and then they have the nerve to, <clears throat> every time I go to an appointment with the glaucoma specialist, they send me an email um, to like, you know, MedEx link email, whatever. So for my, and, you know, make a password and start your account. I never have. So I, I never get the follow-up information. I'm like, you know what? When I go blind, I think I'll be the first to know. And I, I just, I don't know how, I'm not going to make one more motherfucking password because to make a new password, I would have to get a new pet and I'm just not going to do it. Um, so, so I have relative, my point is that I have relatively little information here. Um, but, and but there's so no have, consequence to the junk food, the diet, you're not paying any price for there's no, you don't have any cholesterol issues. You don't have, you're all good with all this stuff, huh? I don't have any of that checked out. <laughs> so I think you, when you get, you know where you really fall into trouble, even with glaucoma. <laughs> I have to say, the reason I first went to an eye doctor, I hadn't been to an eye doctor in, you know, since like, you know, junior high. <laughs> and I went several years ago because I got to a place with reading where like at one point I was using a stupid uh, mm, iPad kind of device yeah, yeah. to read on and because the virtue was that you could make the font bigger. And I got to a place where there was no font big enough. I just, I was, I, honestly, Vicky, I was up to a word per page. And it was exhausting. I, I looked like I was treading water when I read. And I'm like, I just couldn't. I was getting like a carpal tunnel uh, just from flicking the, you know, swiping the iPad. So I did ask a friend of mine to tell me her eye doctor. And she goes, Oh, I love my eye doctor. So I went to this lady and, uh, you know, she, she had all this fancy, she had all this fancy, uh, medical equipment, you know, the big, huge machine, you put your chin, you know, all the, you know, and all the lenses and the lights and the Huda and, uh, she, but she says she didn't even use any of that. She just goes, look straight ahead. I look straight ahead. And she goes like this, she holds up three fingers. And she goes, how many fingers am I holding up? And I said, I had no idea you were holding up fingers. <laughs> and she goes, you know what glaucoma is? I said, well, of course I've enjoyed it with chips so many times. Yes. <laughs> and she said, no, no, it's, you know, the, in the old days, they called it tunnel vision. You're going blind, but you're going blind. Um, it's not like things get blurry. They just suddenly don't exist. So it's more like somebody put a stencil over your eyes. Okay, so it's not peripheral. It is peripheral. It it's, is peripheral. Yes, it is peripheral. But like I have sort of in my left eye, I have like a triangle. It's as if somebody took a thing from um, Trivial Pursuits, the little pie. <laughs> the little thing, pie. And just, and just said, okay, just kind of cover up this section. right. So in my left eye, I have like a triangle that heads toward the center of my eye. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's, I think you can have it in different parts of your eye and different. I don't know. I'm not an expert. So but, wait, um, is there, is there nothing they can do for this? 
Uh, you want to do a lot of neck exercises because you're going to be turning your head a lot. Um, <laughs> no, they give you drops that can, they can't get you back what you've lost. Okay. So that's just gone. Um, but it is a progressive disease. They can slow the progression with eye drops. And then I had surgery. Um, I don't know. In the last couple of months, you do one eye and then you do the other. And, and so and, how is that working out? Well, I don't know. I went for a follow-up after the second surgery, right? So my left eye's been done. My right eye's been done. I should be good to go. Um, but I go for this follow-up appointment and the, the, it's, you know, the, the guy who is the glaucoma specialist is also the surgeon and, uh, but he doesn't come in right away. They send a, you know, a tech person in to, to do the eye test stuff that, you know, there's a, you know, cover this eye, cover that eye and look at this row of, of letters, right? Like, you know, we've all done that. And that, so that by the way, is the biggest shame. I have the biggest shame because they, sh the person who's not an eye doctor who gives you the test. What do you mean? You try the, you know, like I can't see the word, oh, the thing. Oh, and yeah. then I say, well, come on, you can do try. No, I can't oh, fucking oh, see oh. it. I've and then I feel had, ashamed. You've gone to like Jack LaLanne or something. I've <laughs> never, I know I never had the motivational eye tech. That's, that's fantastic. Shamed at the eye shot. No, no, the people, they, so, all right. So here's the last time I went. So they put up this, the, 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 the first row and you know how they usually do it until you can see they start, or maybe it's the other way around. No, maybe they, they do it. Big. They do it right. They start, they start big, big and go small. You're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they put up the first row and I'm like, no, I can't. No, I can't see. Uh, the last one might be an E. I don't know. I can't really see. And uh, so then they go to another one. I, I guess, they, I don't know. Did they make it bigger? I guess. And then, because they only did like two lines. So they do the second line. And they go, you know, <coughs> can you read that line? No. No, I can't. I can't see him. And they go, okay, the doctor will be in in a minute. And, you know, and she sits at the computer for a second and clicks away. And so I'm thinking, the doctor's going to come in and read, you know, this lady couldn't read anything. We didn't, we didn't, she couldn't do one letter. Uh -uh. <laughs> and the doctor comes in, he looks at the notes. He looks at like, you know, in my eyes with his machine. And then he goes, okay, you're good to go. What? Was, okay, but he was the surgeon. He's not going to criticize his own work. And then he took my hand and guided me out of the office. I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. Something terribly, terribly wrong. Oh, this is, so wait a minute. So seriously, how missing the pie? How do you read? How are you able to read? How? Um, well, you have two eyes and I don't but have But I the thought same... they both have it. They do, but they don't they have, have different the pieces place. of pie. Oh. Right. And the other thing that's really weird, it's not like I, it's not like I'm, what I'm seeing when I look at this screen, for example, is the same thing that you're seeing. Okay. Your, your brain fills some stuff in. Uh, and then there's a thing, a coordination between the, you know, the two eyes. Uh, so it's not like I, it's not like when I'm looking, I'm seeing big black sections. Uh, that doesn't happen. And I ask the doctor about that all the time. I say, why, why is it that I don't see like a triangle? Because they show you, um, they do this imaging of your eye and they can see where you're missing it. 
And mm-hmm. I said, how come that, how come it's not like I'm looking through, you know, a jack-o'-lantern's face? And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, you know, that's what he said. Oh, the eyes, <laughs> I think he just makes shit up. Honestly, I do. But um, I, you know, I, I do really enjoy going there because he talks to me for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so. You've have they told you to smoke pot? Because I've always heard that pot is like oh. a secret to glaucoma, right? So when I first went to the first eye doctor, who told me, who said, you know, do you know what glaucoma is? Um, so she's explaining, and at first it was a little bit shocking, honestly. And yeah. uh, and so uh, I was like, I had a soda in my bag that I had with me. I go, do you mind if I just get a soda? And she goes, no, no, that's fine. And I'm, you know, and she's still talking with me. And uh, you know, I take the soda, open it up, and I'm drinking it. And I'm, you know, it's sort of breathing funny because it was a little shocking. And then I go, wait a minute, isn't this the thing that they say you can smoke pot for? And she goes, yeah, you know, I worked on those original studies, and it really doesn't help. And I went, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I was never a pot smoker anyways. I don't really think that it would have, I don't, I don't really think I would, I, that I would like that um, tool, but, uh, (laughs) but I do like the idea that it would be something that I was supposed to do. It's a lovely idea. So, so driving, not weird for you. You've compensated completely. So you have peripheral vision when you drive and all of that. Okay, you know how the front of a of a train has the cow pusher thing on it? <laughs> that I have that now. Pusher cow thing. pusher, and then I have a megaphone <laughs> that I rolled out my windows and I go, I can't if you're in front of me. Now would be the time. Clear the way, please. Clear the way. This is my last warning. Please clear the way. Oh my lord! I love this yeah. so much. No, 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 I mean I don't I, love I that can, it's happening. I turn to you. my head. That's what you have to do. You have to turn your head. You have to turn your head. Yeah, yeah. It's the key to the whole thing. Turn your head. Turn so I drive head. like an owl now. My head can twist almost all the way around. It's, it's really. So okay, <laughs> so so you're you're back to life. You, you are, how's the podcast going? Nobody listens to Paula except we do listen to Paula. Nobody listens Our, to Paula Poundstone. It is going okay it's you know podcasting is very much like the whole podcast industry is very much like the gold rush <laughs> you, you know everybody's a podcasting but podcast you know the only person uh, you know mark Marin got in long before any of us knew what the fuck a podcast was for many many years i, I i've been on wait wait don't tell me on, on npr yes um, for like, I don't know, 20, 20, uh, 23 years, I think. Wow. And, you know, for years I would hear Peter, uh, the, the, the host, you know, he would go out and, you know, talk to the audience before the show began. And he would say, you know, where, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, something like 5 million radio listeners and we have, uh, you know, another million that podcast. I had no idea what that meant. And I, I never asked. <laughs> I'm not really a curious person, I guess. So I just never, I don't know. I just was, oh, so there's another million that do something that I don't know how to do. 
And that's how they lose. But um, I even did Mark Maron's podcast years ago. Sure. And I never listened to it. I didn't, I still <laughs> didn't know what it was. I just, I talked into a microphone. It wasn't hard, uh, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, you know, and then everybody jumped into the pool, right? You know, in the old days, when I was growing up in elementary school, when they had film strips, uh, which for, for the younger uh, 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 Vicky, uh, uh, listeners and viewers, a film strip was sort of, um, it was a, uh, a series of, uh, um, of, of slides basically that were connected together in a strip and a strip. And you were looking at still photos, uh, or, you know, that would be projected onto a screen uh, you would use a film strip projector <laughs> and it was, it was a teaching tool in the AV department at every, every elementary school. And the teacher would, would put a, you know, a, a film strip image on, uh, projected up on a screen. And then there was a record that went with it. Um, so a, an audio recording that went with it. And the audio recording would say something like, you know, the, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the testicles of a blue whale are, are, are over, over a thousand pounds. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, you'd see a blue whale and the blue whale's testicle, maybe. <laughs> and, and, then, then the, and then the record would go, and they would move. <laughs> to another so i forget why i'm telling you this now why am i telling Wait, you because you're telling me about podcasts like you didn't know what podcasting was i didn't know what podcasting was <laughs> yes so now oh i know what i was telling you okay there I you go. sorry oh <laughs> boy um at about that time that's when they believe that's when when they would explain what separates humans from other species that's what i was going to tell you okay they would say that like on the podcasting on the, on the film strips, <laughs> yes. they, would, they would say, uh, let's see, we have we have hair, we have fur, we have hair on our bodies. We breathe oxygen. We give birth to a fully formed thing that develops. We don't just drop an egg. Um, we don't eat our young and uh, we, <laughs> we, we we reason and we use tools. And this is what separated us from this is what made us the better species. And then, of course, eventually Jane Goodall proved that chimpanzees indeed do use tools. And since then, they've discovered that other animals use tools. It was just sure arrogance on the part of human beings to believe that we were the only ones who used tools. Um, uh, and then, of course, the reason thing, that's been disproven. Uh, not that other animals do reason, but that we don't. Uh, so that's been, uh, thank you, Trump. Thank you, QAnon. That's been eliminated. But now what they say is what you said just a minute ago. Now they say what makes us separate from other species is, um, you know, we have fur on our bodies. We have hair. We breathe oxygen. We don't eat our young. We give birth to a fully formed thing. We don't just drop an egg. And we have a podcast. So you were exactly right about that. I didn't know I was blowing the punchline. I'm sorry. No, everybody has a podcast now. <laughs> yes. Every, every Everybody has a podcast now. If you, if, in fact, if you go to 
uh, any kind of a social gathering in LA, you don't make eye contact with anybody because you know they're going to say to you, you know, we, I mean, I just put out like three emails today saying, will you please do my podcast? We're constantly, we're constantly on the hunt for, right, for content. Um, and, the, and the truth is, there's only about, just like the, reg, the rest of the economy, there's about 1% of podcasters that are profiting from it. And, and the rest of us are just magic spoons bitches. <laughs> well, you know, I don't even try. I don't even go for the ma- I have been doing this probably longer than most. I was in a very small percentile when I started started doing this. I don't even try to make money from it anymore. I'm like, fuck it. I just... I'm ridiculous and have fun, but because I can't, I, because I can't get into that pool it is, because I'm you know, not famous. So it's not, it is happen. fun. Um, it's the other thing is, especially, I mean, it's taken a it, Mo. Mo, Mo, come here. Mo, come here. You're going to see the good training. Oh, wow. She is coming. Wow. I'm not ready for you. It didn't occur to me you'd come. All right, stop. <laughs> Sit. Sit. That's oh, you have to show you. every you have to show everybody Mo now. That's just kind of the right. thing. You gotta show Mo. Yeah, Mo, you wanna there's Mo. There. Oh. Modi Hodi. Oh. It's like that Sweet line in face. that line in Tootsie when he goes, You want to see what a bad girl looks like? That's <laughs> um oh when uh COVID Hit and everybody was, wait. Put yourself you know, back in the middle. There oh, you go. sorry. Am I in the middle? Was I yeah, disturbing yeah, yeah. your OCD? No. <laughs> when COVID was back and everybody was, um, you know, trying to entertain themselves, uh, it was very gratifying at that point. I mean, I'd already had a. We'd had our podcast for I don't know, had it been a year and a half by then, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was very gratifying um, to connect with listeners that really felt like they, you know, that it was helpful to them mm-hmm. to have the podcast during that time. We get a lot of feedback from people saying, oh, you know, and we, we always do an episode every week. Uh, there are some people who go on vacation and just leave you hanging. And I don't think they understand. <laughs> you know, it's like Rachel Maddow. Where does she fucking get off doing one <laughs> night a week? I wrote to her on Twitter the other day and I said, you know, uh, since you've been doing one night uh, <laughs> at the end of Monday nights, I fall into a very deep depression. And I said, you follow the science and tell me how that's not your fault. <laughs> Paula, everybody who's watching tonight, I was live seven days a week for the first year plus of COVID oh because my gosh. I didn't have anything else to do. They didn't. Have, and we became the co. We became this group of people together that we're very close. And wow, then I went to nice. five and four and now I do two days a week, but, and there is no money to be, there are no, there are no, I, there's no cereal at my door. There's none of that. It's just no, you can get you can get magic spoon. I don't I don't think I can get magic. I'm not famous. They're not going to give me, me any magic spoon. But, I don't know how this. I don't know why this bunch of magic spoon cereal <laughs> deliver my door today. Stop it. That's not true. But what? But what? What's or happened? hearing Char- Charlie Charlie 
who do I listen to? Charlie. Oh, come on. Charlie Sykes, the guy in Wisconsin. He's on MSNBC every so often. Yes. But he has a, he has a, the Bulwark podcast. Hearing Charlie Sykes talk about Bulwark, no, Bull and Branch Sheets. It's just not, I don't know. He talks about how cozy they are and how soft and comfortable. He actually said the other day, he said, we have earth tones, but you can get any color you want. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. So, Thank you. Give me liberty or give me death. So, so Paula, I know Your that it's always great, been. By the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll bet I everybody know. says that. No, but they, I, I'm not really having a great hair day, but I appreciate that very much. No, it looks beautiful. I haven't, thank you. I haven't seen you in real life in three years. And and I miss the, the ping pong because you had my old address and I'm still crushed about it. I hope oh, there's that's another awful. ping pong soon. Definitely. Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. Ping pong. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to put another one together as soon as I can, actually. I hope so. So, okay. So here's the thing. I know that it was kind of always a dream for you to to be an actress, to be a comedic actress, to, to be on a show, to, to, to do yeah. that. So yeah. now in COVID, have you, well, it's not, through the pandemic, did you, or did, did you do self-tapes? Did you, did you get in? Did you try? Did you, did you do that thing? Well, I did, I did I, what do you mean? Like auditioning? Yeah. The stupid self? Yeah, I told yeah. you, I did the thing where, where I had to do this, where I had to video myself for the audition for the remake of Emergency. Right, for um, the remake yeah, of Emergency. Yeah. So, so you know that what was I did re- do during COVID? Um, uh, well, I hate it when people say during COVID, and I just said it. During the stay-at-home order is what I meant. Um, I had always made, like, since such things were available to us, I had always made, like, videos because it was just, you know, fun to do. Yeah. Um, but... I did set myself the task of doing a lot more during the stay at home order for the same reason that I mentioned about the podcast, which is that people were so appreciative. I loved reading the comments of people saying, oh, my God, you're getting me through. I did, for example, um, and and there's a lot of them are still on my website, which is paulapoundstone.com. I did a character, uh, Miss Nancy. And Miss Nancy was, um, uh, Miss Nancy is a, uh, she was a second grade teacher. She she might've started out a first grade teacher um, at Fairbanks Elementary School in Massachusetts. And um, she had to go online, of course. You know, she had to, they couldn't be in the classroom anymore. Right. And so she was doing her, so I did these things of her. And every day that she, uh, you know, every Every video that I made of her, she was in a robe and she had like a cup of coffee beside her and some toast. And she would say, oh, can you believe it? It's pajama day. It's pajama day again. (laughs) And then she had this classroom of children that were uh, Russell was particularly badly behaved. And it was really and what was great about that, because poor teachers were tearing their hair out at that point in life. And uh, sure. I got lots of teachers who wrote to me and said, oh, my God, you nailed it. Oh, that's exactly what it's like. I had to do a lot of Russell. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, are those your mother's supplements? Put those away. <laughs> so, OK, so you you did a self-tape for, for the new emergence. I mean, I I. 
Gage. I can't imagine that that's the kind of show you'd want to be on, but maybe they're doing a different kind of spin on it now. I don't know. It was, yeah. I'm trying to go into dramatic <laughs> medical shows. That's my new thing. You know, if you have a dream, I want um, Alex Trebek, uh, before, you know, obviously before he died, because you do so little afterwards, he, um, he, gave a Christmas party to his employees and uh, it was at some place <laughs> out in the Valley. And he asked if I would come entertain. And I did. And uh, I had a great time. They're very nice people. It was really fun to do. Um, but it was all his employees. It was all people who worked on Jeopardy. And so when I would say to somebody, which I do in theaters, when I work, I'd say, you know, I'll pick somebody randomly and say, what do you do for a living? But in this case, I said, what do you do for a living? And I work on Jeopardy, right? It was all, I, I could have guessed. Um, but I would get very specific with them. I would say, well, what part of the show? What is it? What is your task? And they would tell me. And so, and I would say to them, you know, what, how did you get that job? And more than one person said to me, oh, it was my life's dream to work on a game show. I'm like, you are kidding me. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with working on a game show. But who dreams of it their whole life? You know, I mean, we all fall into different things as we get older that maybe jobs that we never even heard of before that <laughs> if you're lucky, you, you love. Right. But I don't know anybody who dreamed their whole life of, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, like. Like when you go to. You know, I, I just it just doesn't make any sense. I can't imagine being a kid and going, well, what do we have for them, Dana? Uh, just who, who dreams? Uh, okay, but well, this is very upset. This kind of freaked me out. My kids are both doing really, really well, and I'm very, very proud of them. Samantha oh, just got great. into law school. Harry's wow. got a great job, this tech thing that I don't understand that he does. But they went and they auditioned for Big Brother. My daughter will put off a full ride at Loyola if she gets on Big Brother. No. Their whole thing is they want to be on Big Brother. I mean, I, I've never seen it. I don't understand it. No, that sounds like a terrible idea. This is a terrible. But you know what? I will call them because that's a terrible idea. It really is. They both have incredible jobs. They're making a shit ton of money. They're doing really well. And yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they would give it all up to be, on, side to be on a reality show. Oh, Jesus. Besides sad. which, reality shows have done so much damage to our society. I mean, I, I just, you know, here's the thing, you guys. Have you ever seen one, Paula? Because I, I don't, I can't see you as the type sitting I've, down and watching this. I, I've glanced for a few. My daughter one time, my do, when, when Allie was in like middle school, I think it was, she had a teacher whose friend was on one of those stupid cooking contest shows. Right. And so, and I didn't let my kids watch TV growing up. We watched DVDs and videos on non-school nights, but we'd never flicked the TV. When, when my son was little, one morning, I, I was trying a new technique with him. And so one morning <laughs> I flicked on the television in the morning, trying to find like, I don't know, Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers or something. And he saw that when the TV went on, now we had watched the TV before, but as a monitor, right? It only was the thing that played the DVDs. And he saw the TV go on 
and he ran into the other room to tell his sisters, there's stuff on that thing all the time. <laughs> they literally had no, you, you no also, idea. You gave him like a total moratorium from electronic devices at one point, didn't you? At one point, yeah, yeah. Cause he was, he was addicted, so. Um, but there was a point to this. What the hell? Oh, your was daughter it? It with the reality above. show. Oh, talking- oh, okay. So I I broke a hard fast rule about watching television because her teacher wanted the kids to watch her friend on the oh. blah 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 stupid cooking contest show, and I could. So I watched it with her. And by the way, I don't think the friend was ever on, to the best of my knowledge. But we watched <laughs> this whole episode of this stupid show. And it's the kind where they do the little interstitial interviews with the contestants and they talk about, you know, it was so hard to get the ingredients. And, uh, (laughs) and then they, and then they show and they show them, you know, making the food and then, uh, and then they show who gets picked for, you know, who win and they show the judges and there's this, I mean, I, okay. There's this really fat judge that is like, um, you know, he smells this guy's food and then he <laughs> scoops it up and he takes a little, little sip, <laughs> sip of the guy's sauce. And then he just lays into him that the sauce wasn't good. And I you know, I want to say to the guy, well, clearly you've eaten some not good food at one time or another in your life. You know what I mean? Like he was so, he was very mean to this man about his sauce. And the guy like starts crying. I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> Why is anybody watching this crap? I don't want to see a man cry about a sauce. I just don't. There's, you know, there's Haiti. A lot of problems in Haiti. There's the economic imbalance around the world. And certainly here in our country, there's there's racism. There's uh, voting rights struggles. I don't want to see a man cry about a sauce. There's too many other things. I was crying. He was literally crying. Okay, this is really, this is really, talk about a food show. There's a show called, Is It Cake? I swear to God, they have to guess if this thing is made out of cake or if it's made out of something else. This, we this have too is, many channels. That's is, that's part of the problem. You know, it's like during COVID when everybody was so hungry for content. You know, yes. I, I don't get cable here at home. And I and I don't watch television at home. I watch, as I said, I watch DVDs and videos. Oh wait, you watch MSNBC? How are you getting your MSNBC? I, I, well, I watch that in a hotel room. Okay. Or I or um, I watch on my flat thing via the internet. Right, right. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't get cable. But when I go to a hotel, I am excited about um, you know being able to watch. MSNBC on like a big screen. I don't know. I like that. Um, and sometimes when I watch via the internet, they don't, they don't put up the whole episode. They put up videos of, of part, you know, and right. sometimes they don't update them. So I'm watching like Monday stuff on <laughs> Thursday, which is very frustrating. Um, so, so when I get to the hotel, I, I, I it is, I am secretly kind of happy to have a real television in front of me that gets a lot of channels. But I'll tell you, recently, I have gotten my schedule so turned around that I end up staying up late watching TV and getting like, you know, literally like five minutes of sleep before I go to the airport. 
and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, if there's a reason I can't sleep, I, I don't know. But it's different than it used to be for me. And so it's as I'm, we age, Paula, well, please. I'm up looking for something in the middle of the night. I got to tell you, I, honestly, I have stayed in places that literally have a hundred channels <laughs> and not a fucking thing to watch. And it's just it's cruel. It's just, you know, okay, you just keep earlier. Clicking. You mentioned Breaking Bad, though. Did you oh. watch Breaking Bad? Did you on DVD? I watched it for four years solid over oh, okay. and over and over again. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Un- it's un- it's then- the best. People kept saying to me, well, you should watch Better Call Saul. And I said, I, I can't <laughs> because, you know, it's like, you know, I would confess sort of sheepishly to people. I would say, you know, I've been watching Breaking Bad for four years solid. <laughs> I watch it all night long in the middle of the night. And, and I literally pine for it during the day. And people would say to me, oh, you should watch Better Call Saul. Like, you know, you're not understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> It's like if I said to you, I have a terrible cocaine problem. And you go, oh, Jesus, you should try heroin. It's, okay, no, I'm, this is my cry for help. I can't stop watching Breaking Bad. I don't just know what they're going to say. I know when Marie is going to inhale. That's a problem. It's not a, it's not a pleasure. I'm going, oh, that's, it's a problem. It's like my dog with her tennis ball. She doesn't enjoy it. She has to do it. You I know, did, Paula, I, I did start I, watching. I watched the, uh, you did start watching Better Call I have not I seen Better Call Saul. And so- It's very good. It it's is? It's very good. I, I still it's haven't very, done that. very, very good. Mm. And when you watch it, I want to tell you something that you won't understand until you watch it. I feel like, and part of it may be my connection to these shows mm-hmm. that are, I might have, you know, trip something in the happy chemicals in my brain that have like shut off. Uh, okay. So when you see it, um, I have a black and white Saul level loneliness. <laughs> a black and white level Saul loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. When you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, Begley's in it. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I have no excuse. I, I I love everybody who's in it. I need to to to. I need to watch I, it. I had uh, Michael McKeon. You know, I had no idea who was in it. I'd never seen it, and I, and I therefore and I never really talked to anybody about it. And so, how I, far are you? How far are you in there? I, I finished. The, I finished oh. the, the the whole thing, and then I had oh. to, you know, I had to go on like an IV. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. You know, when the ambulance comes, one of the first things they say is, did you finish Better Call Saul? <laughs> I did. Okay. Um, we'll take you in for observation. <laughs> um, it's really good. Uh, yeah, excited. I had no idea no. that, you know, I knew Michael McKeon from, I guess, three things. I knew mm-hmm. him from some Christopher Guest stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like uh, Best in Show. Mm-hmm. I knew him as either Lenny or Squiggy. I get them mixed up from um, Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. And I knew him because, oh, I'm going to screw up the name of the guy. <clears throat> there was a guy that was part of that group of uh, Christopher Guest guys, Harry Shear. Harry Shear used to write and, and I assume direct and produce um, radio plays that they used to make 
at the Holiday Inn over near the high school in Santa Monica, California. And a friend of mine invited me to go years ago. I didn't know anything about it. She invited me to go. And it was terrific fun watching a radio play get made. Wow. Um, and then I forget where it aired, but it did. Um, they were supposed to have John. Oh, who's the guy that was in everything? He played Roseanne's husband. Goodman. Yeah. John Goodman was supposed to be playing uh, the head of the FBI, the bad guy that Leonardo DiCaprio played. Um, who used uh, to be the head of the FBI? Um, it, Hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah. like sounds like we're yeah. just filling my sentence, it's, please. It's my dream of my whole life to work on a game show. Um, <laughs> between yeah. the, yeah. between John the two Goodman of us was supposed to be playing J. Edgar Hoover in Harry Shearer's radio play, but John Goodman got sick. And at the last minute, he was replaced by Michael McKeon. And Michael McKeon, now it's a radio play, so they had the script in front of them. They didn't have to right. memorize anything, right. but you know, you do have to familiarize yourself with it. Michael McKeon did such a fantastic job. And I had this idea in my head that he was this sort of like uh, untapped, you know, like nobody knew how great Michael McKeon was, <laughs> you know, like that he was, you know. That, that just because he, he did Spinal Tap. No, nobody knows who Michael <laughs> I, I just, I forgot even that he was in Spinal Tap. But I just, yeah, I, I hadn't seen anything. Now, okay, so I, he was, he's a guy that I would bump into sort of uh, usual suspects. I would bump into him at this social event or that social event. He was always very nice to me. You know, chit-chat a little bit and move on kind of thing, right? So, uh, so at one point I look up a way to communicate with him online and I ask him if he'll do my podcast. I do a segment called, I don't do it every week, but some weeks I do a segment called Outside the Actor's Studio. And it's where I get an actor. I write sides for us and I get an actor to come help me, coach me in auditioning. So I, I write to Michael, I explain this to him. I say, will you come do this? And he's a very nice man. And he says, you know, he can't do it at this time, um, but, you know, he'd, he'd love to, right? But he can't do it at this time. So now COVID hits, and I think, and I wrote to him, and I go, oh, come on. You, you're too busy now? <laughs> now that no one can leave their house? And I can't remember if he even wrote back to me. I can't remember anymore. But a little bit more time went by. And uh, I guess I started, oh, okay. So now I finally get the DVDs of Better Call Saul. And I discover that the thing he was busy doing was, was Better ben. Call Saul. And he's fucking amazing. I mean, first of all, it's a great character that's written for him, but he is amazing in wow. it. And now I feel so stupid that I'm trying to get Michael McKenna to come do my podcast because I'm thinking, no, you know, you, you know, this is a guy whose talents have not really been used. <laughs> And I'm going to give him an opportunity, you know, to show himself on my podcast. That's really uh, a lot of a lot of guys in Hollywood. That's their dream. And uh, so I write to him again and I said, I feel like such an idiot. I had no idea you were doing that. And I, you know, I gave him the credit that he's due for doing it. He very sweetly said, OK, I'll come do your podcast. Um, I I may have also said I knew where he lived. I don't remember anymore, but I may have. I may well, have indicated that I'm not going to take it. it so personally. I haven't been. We were at a party. We were at the Squiggy party, and he was there. 
and I met him and I asked him to do mine and I got, but Harry Shearer did do mine and he was wonderful and lovely. Have you had Harry? I haven't had Harry. Harry's one, he was a wonderful guest and he was lovely, 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 lovely. You know, I bumped into him once. It was either in the Denver airport or the Seattle airport. I've forgotten now. And uh, I think we both had delays and we, yeah, and we sat, you know, sat down, had coffee together or something. And uh, he was very nice. He's and lovely. I said, it was so long ago. And I remember saying to him at the time, I said, Harry, if they ever invent a thing called podcasting <laughs> and I start doing one, <laughs> would you come to mine? Well, so Michael did do it. And it was, it was very fun. And the thing is, though, <clears throat> I was supposed to have his wife. Isn't his wife Annette O'Toole? Isn't he married to Annette O'Toole? Am I, I right? Know. I think he is. Anyway, she was going to. Shit. Then, yeah. So I yeah. shouldn't have come on to him. <laughs> so, oh, I feel awful. So. I had no idea he was married. There's yeah. so much about Michael McKeon that I didn't know. Oh, I feel like an idiot. Here so, I am like. So let's talk about this. So so let's talk about get gets. And because we're we both do this. We both have to get people. We get, we have to get well, people. I do, my, my podcast is not generally celebrity driven. You it's have generally, some. I do have some, but not a lot. Um, I mean, I think one of my favorite episodes ever, we had a plumber. Um, <laughs> we do a lot, you know, and I, and I'll tell you something. I had no idea that you weren't supposed to put Kleenex in the toilet. <laughs> and since I learned that. Wait a minute, is that a true have, thing? Yeah, because it and has why? a different, it's, it's thicker than, uh, toilet paper, oh. and uh, so I clogs up clogs up the pipe. I didn't know that either. And you know, we're forever having to call the plumber. This, at this is house. important. It's this very is important. important. How do you get to be my age and not know a thing? Well, like this that? is a public service you've now done. That's my feeling. So we generally have people on. Um, like I just had somebody who was like a. Um, oh, this is terrible that I don't remember exactly. He's he's no longer in this position, but he was. Um, like deputy counsel uh, to the um, congressional ethics office, I think I it was. I have no idea. Yeah, and um, he came on to explain because I, you know, I got in touch. I said, I said, look at when I heard that the Republicans were going to dismantle the congressional ethics office, I it just outraged me. I just was like, what the? How dare you? And then I realized I have no idea what that office does. I don't know how it functions. I don't know how it works. I just right away was upset by it. I thought, okay, maybe it might be good if I inform myself. And then I thought, you know, the other thing is my guess is neither do most of the country know that. And so I thought, you know, this would be so, you know, one of the things I pride myself in doing is a lot of shows that I watch, uh, even MSNBC or, or the news hour on PBS. They, you know, it's like an advanced class sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say to anybody like Jim Lehrer used to be so good about this, which is if somebody used an abbreviation mm -hmm. for a department, Jim would always, before another word got said, he would interject and say, you know, uh, uh, you know, what that, you, you know, I love that. Not, How about initials, Paula? Do you know what do you know what initials mean? F O M O. F O M O. Do you know what that means? F O M O. No. 
No, I didn't either. It's fear of missing out. There's okay. initials. I did if I thought every- about it more. Yeah, there but, are. But now. There are yeah. initials for everything. And I don't know what they mean. And people but a say lot them. of things in politics, you know, they're used to either because they're used yes. to taking notes or they're used to talking to people sort of on their level of knowledge. Yes. yes. And so they blurt stuff out. And as a person that is not, you know, I do feel it's important to be engaged as a, a voter and a citizen. But I sometimes don't want to admit that, boy, I have no idea what they're talking about. And so I kind of pride myself on having people come on and talk about more basic building blocks of our democracy and how it works. And uh, yeah. But don't you, don't, you also, I don't know if you still do this, but you used to do where you would look up what you would do. Defini- you would do oh, definitions. Yeah, we, do, we still do. Yeah, yeah. We don't, I used to do the vocabulary song every week where I would have four or five, you know, every week I would knock one word off and I would add a new word on. And then I would sing this goofy little song um, with the goal of helping people remember the words. Do you know, I can't remember one, Uh, (laughs) except for Gallimaufry, which means like a hodgepodge. But uh, so now I changed it a little bit. Now I do this. Now I have, it's gone through several, you know, several different shapes, but now I have this contest between Bonnie, Adam, and Tony, who are all my, you know, my co-workers on the podcast, I, where I asked them a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word. And for each person that gets the definition correctly, um, and by the way, they very rarely do, but <laughs> for the person that gets a definition correctly um, on our Facebook page, I, I'm drawing pictures of them and I add a feature for each it's like it's sort of like hangman except for they're not hanging um but and and the and it's not stick figure um it's barely not stick figure but it's not stick it's not skilled but it's not stick figure uh and the funniest thing is they'll say to me like we i think we've used the word inimical for like three weeks and they'll go wait a minute that was last week's word and i go yeah it was and then they go yeah, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, well, now you have to tell us what it means, Paula. It means hostile, unfriendly. And I only know that, antagonistic. I only know that because I've used the same word for three weeks in a row now. That's the only reason I know. When I, when I chose to do it again, again as, a, as a former nobody listens to Paula Pound's word, I, say, I, I didn't even remember that we'd ever done it, let alone know the meaning of the word. <laughs> Vocabulary is very difficult to <laughs> develop. Um, uh, and, you know, hopefully you don't need to use inimical very often. <laughs> not, not within your inner circle anyways. <laughs> so, so tell us one of your, your greatest gets. It doesn't matter if it's a celebrity. Like something, like, tell me one of your, like, favorite shows, your, one of your favorite podcasts. And, well, and- The Plumber was a really good one. Okay. All right. Wait. So not learning not to use Kleenex. Now, this is an important thing. That's a life changer. No, so I get that. You just don't put it in the toilet. Well, right. That you don't put it in the toilet. And also it can be helpful to pour warm water down your pipes. Because? Uh, flushes them out. Okay. Um, uh, you know, if you did it like once a month or something, it would be good. Uh, they say. They. I don't, say. I don't do he it says. that often. The, the yeah. Plumber. She said. the plumber. Oh, said. plumber was a um, woman. It was. Uh, Josephine, I like that. I'll tell you. Um, okay, I can't. 
think of the guy's name now. Who was it? Oh, shit. I need to. Oh, my. This is terrible. Because we. I can't think of the guy's name, which is so weird. Uh, because it's a name that we used to use on our podcast over and over and over again. We had an episode one time. So in the beginning, we were in a studio. Now we're doing it from our dwellings. But in the beginning, we were in a studio. And we used to have two guests on every episode, which was just stupid because you're burning through guests for one thing. And the other is it's long and it gets tiring by the end of the night with two guests, you know, it's Mm -hmm. uh, so, but we didn't know any better. So that's what we did. (laughs) So we did a, a show one night where one of the guests was supposed to be a survivalist and he was answering the question, um, you know, what do you do when you encounter a bear? And it was it was really the first and only show this has ever happened on, which is the guy just didn't show up. And at that time, they had to come to the studio, but he just didn't show up. And, you know, our producer was, you know, texting him and calling him and he just, you know, just never showed up. And so that that was really how Tony and Bonnie started being a part of the show because what I decided to do um, was just do it anyways and use whatever information we could come up with and have Tony and Bonnie, who generally were there just for you know production reasons, but to fill in and give the you know basically they were just looking shit up on their phone <laughs> and telling it like as if they were you know skilled users like they could. Um, but then. I, I damn, I can't remember this guy's name. So after that, we had this thing because we said who it was. We said this guy's coming and then he didn't come. And so after that, we had this thing where, you know, we were worried about him. And so we, we tell people to keep their eye out for him, to look for him. And then <laughs> we made a, a worldwide, we, we had a dragnet. But what we did was we used to have an interactive map up on our Facebook page. And when people were somewhere, if they if they didn't see him, they posted a little flag to say he's not here. I can't believe I can't remember this guy's name because we used to talk about him all the time. And and in fact, I even had an audience member that made me these little wooden chips with an image of the guy and his name on it. Um, Thomas Coyne. That there, was his name. Thomas Coyne. And uh, yeah. Um, Adam kept saying that wasn't a good way to look for him, but <laughs> did you, did he ever surface Thomas Coyne? Some people found him. <laughs> Some people found him. Yeah. He never, he never like got back to us. He never apologized. apologized? No. What? Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. I don't think you want everybody surviving. <laughs> so in the future, when there's just, you know, when the nuclear bomb goes off or whatever the hell it is, whatever is our, you know, when the, you know, the ozone, whatever it is, whatever we've done, you know, the, 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 our earth heats, and only a handful of people survive, one of them's going to be that asshole. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, I think we only want people with manners to survive. <laughs> 
think that's a good idea. I think so. So do you find yourself when you're in like social? Well, there aren't that many. So is, do, you, are, do you find yourself in social situations? Do you go to social situations? I, I, no one asked me. No. Um, no. <laughs> a loneliness, the level of black and white soul. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting. But OK, so seriously, like, like when you had your ping pong thing yeah. and people were in your house. Yeah, because they go in to get food and they go in to get drinks. Yeah, there's not stuff. a lot of people in the house. Mostly people were outside. But so were kids, you wearing a mask when people were in the no, house? No, I didn't wear a mask that night. I told myself I was going to, and then frankly, I forgot. Um, okay. But it really was. I mean, I was barely. You know, people go in the house to use the bathroom, but for the most part, and maybe for that reason, you know, maybe because people felt like we don't want to be in the house because of you know one of the things that we felt was a you know was a a rabbit's foot for us, a, a lucky charm was that it, it is largely an outdoor um, right. party and it wasn't raining or anything. So that's good. Um, it was so the we last were... time I was there, actually. We played. Oh, in you the were rain. there for the we, rain? Yes, party? we oh, played in the rain. God, that was one of the best <laughs> ones ever. That was very fun. <laughs> because once you just accepted that you're going to be wet, it kind of wasn't all that difficult anymore. Yeah, it was. Um, gosh, that was it. Yeah, that was a really fun one. We um, yeah, it's only rained during a party in all the years that I in all the ones that I gave. And me and my daughter Allie tried to calculate it one time. I think I've given seventy. Oh my lord! Or seventy something by now, probably more than seventy by now. That was when we last counted it. Um, in all the years we've done it. It only rained on us three times. That's pretty good. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, well don't California. have one anytime soon because all no. it's doing is rain. I just, we're going to Vegas this weekend. It is going to snow. The high is, it's going to be 28 degrees. And the, we drove back from Vegas three weeks ago in a blizzard in a wow. whiteout. What is going, but there's no global warning. warning. No, we don't so need to worry about that. I don't think we screwed up. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was there one time many years ago and it did uh, snow, but not a lot, just a little bit. And it was very cold. Um, but I was in New York, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And it was colder in Los Angeles than when I got off the plane. Yeah, that's kind of crazy when that shit yeah. happens. That's yeah. pretty crazy. And I got hit. Did I tell you that? that I got, no. I, I got hit by a bicycle while I was walking across a street. It was raining. And I had the light this. with me yeah. and I, I got tossed like a marionette. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine. Just, you know, aches Wait, and pains you got hit by a bicycle in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And you got thrown and it threw you. Yeah. Yeah. And did they stop? Did they, they got knocked you? off their bike? Um, they, yeah, they stopped because they got knocked off their bike. I think he was hurt worse than I was, but if the guy never spoke to me, um, there was a bunch of people around. There were other people crossing. He, I he, assume he, he had no bicycle insurance. I didn't even ask. And, and I didn't need anything. Um, you know, I mean, I was, I was hurt, but not injured. You know what I mean? Mm. There was nothing, you know, I had some bruises and some scrapes. I'd get oh, over wow. it. I didn't hit my head. Um, in fact, another pedestrian told me that I fell just the right way. I don't <laughs> think I've ever been so proud. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think the guy, I think the guy was injured. He also may have been fucked up. I wasn't certain, uh, but as I was walking, somebody else, uh, you know, so, 
so I go flying and people are, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And I, and I did that thing where you feel really embarrassed. So you jump up quick. And I do recall that people were yelling just before it happened. And so I think they were trying to say like, you know, either for me to move or the guy to stop, but he didn't stop. I mean, he barreled into me. And wow. um, uh, so whatever, I, I jumped up right away and people were kind and asked if I was a crazy. Yes, I'm fine. And then I turned to the guy who was still laying on the ground and, uh, you know, amidst the bicycle. And I said, sir, are you okay? He didn't say anything to me. And I said, sir, are you okay? He didn't say anything to me. And, and then other people were trying to ask him too. And he did stand up. He had his hood sort of pulled over his head. See, I didn't really see him. Uh, and, uh, and, then, but, and then people started saying, you want to move that bike? Because he was in the middle of traffic. Yeah. I don't think he was even in a bike lane. I think he was just, and, uh, and then other people, one guy kept saying to him, too aggressive, too aggressive. <laughs> because he really, he was going well, yeah, fast he and into he didn't you. stop. Oh and then he, uh, they moved him over to the, uh, sidewalk. And, and honestly, I just kept walking at that point. I'm like, well, he's not responding to me. Apparently he thinks it was my fault. Um, but, uh, wow. I will say this, he, he hit me from the left and I don't see well at all <laughs> on the left hand side. So, but I, I know I looked for headlights, but I wasn't looking, I wasn't even thinking about a bicycle. It really, it shocked the hell out of me. Wow. And then I, of course I went, whining to Twitter right away. I went on Twitter and said, I got hit by a bicycle. And all these people wrote with bicycle stories and, you know, yeah. So Paula, um, when you go to, when you travel around, um, this is my last COVID question. When you travel around and you're going into hotels, like I wouldn't go to hotels for like two and a half years. Cause that scared me. Cause you're so you just other slept people's... out on the street. So because I, I think did. that's not safe. So does it make you uncomfortable to know that you're in a room where somebody else was breathing the air and, you know, like I used to make them change everything like the bedspread and the, all the stuff. D no, it, it makes me uncomfortable to know that I'm in a room where somebody was fucking on that bed. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the thing about hotels is Ooh. To some degree, you just have to wear blinders. You, you know, yeah. to some degree, I have to say to myself, you know, I've traveled all these years. I've stayed in, in literally, you know, a thousand hotels and I'm fine. And so I, yeah. I, I can't, you know, is it, does anybody so, sterilize yeah. anything in between me and another person? Probably not. And yet look at me, I've managed, <laughs> you know, when, when Marco Polo was traveling the Silk Road, there was a part <laughs> that was so remote. There was this one town he stayed in that was so remote that, and of course there, there were no inns in that. I don't know that there were anywhere, but certainly there weren't in this town. Um, but the place was very, very remote. They did not have a lot of travelers coming through. And so, one of the things they did in their town was they had this tradition that when a stranger came to town, um, a man would invite the stranger to stay in his home and the man would leave so that the stranger, and of course it was all men, no women travel. So the stranger <laughs> would have access to the man's daughter and wives, wife, excuse me, wife and daughters. <laughs> and I don't know if they understood Genetics, I don't myself understand genetics, but <laughs> one of the things that it did 
and it may have been an unintended consequence, but it um, it broadened the gene pool. <laughs> right. Because otherwise the community was so small that they were, you know, you were you were going to be having sex with your cousin. Uh, so this, you know, the idea that a stranger came through. Um, so I'm just so happy to not be staying in those circumstances. <laughs> that is so you know, I'm, I'm not upset if my bed's not turned down. <laughs> I was staying in a hotel one time and uh, I was, uh, it was in the middle of the day and I was taking a nap. And I, I swear to you, this is a true story. I woke up with the hotel maid standing beside my bed and she said, uh, I have to make the bed. And I said, I'm, I'm in the bed. <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, it's hotel policy. I have to make the bed. I said, ma'am, unless you're also a nurse and I can roll over while you tuck the corners of the sheets under, I don't see it happening here today. I think I did finally talk her into leaving. But Did you not have a do not disturb sign on your door, Paul? I guess I didn't, I guess. but I do think it's unusual. You're like, if you came in <laughs> and you realized, okay, there's someone in the bed, I would back out as quietly as I could. But she decided to just go to the mat on it. It's hotel policy, ma'am. Hotel policy. Got to make the bed. That was just plain Hi, weird. Paula, I could stay. And what would you do, by the way, if you were traveling? And I wondered this. Okay. Was it last summer or the summer before? I can't remember any longer. I was in Hyannis one night in the summer and it dawned on me like if I got sick what would I do what right I couldn't I wouldn't be able to stay in the hotel you know so here so well you isolate you just stay in the you isolate well that hotel room is booked on another night it's like it's Cape Cod Massachusetts in the summer they don't have a free room the following night I was there for one night I have no idea what I would do in that case. I mean, that's why I keep Marco Polo's phone number in my back pocket. <laughs> say, say, Marco, don't you owe me? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think you'll be all right going to wherever you go. Europe. That way yeah. you're going, you're, oh, yeah, going, nice. going there. Going Boy, there. No, that's tough. Yeah. It's going to be a long plane ride without eating if I, unless I, you know, do the mask. I think you got to do the mask thing. Just don't, yeah. you know, just don't breathe when you're I don't, don't, I don't, know, much, I don't know how much science I'm, I'm using here. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't tell you what to do because I know nothing. But I've managed so far. You have managed beautifully, and Paula, I absolutely adore you. And thank you for. Um, I can't breathe. I and my my face hurts because I've been laughing for an hour and a half. Thank you so much. I I adore you. I will continue to track you down and beg you to do this on a regular basis. I'm happy to do it. It's really fun, and, and uh, you know that. Um, did you send me? I think I did. I think I updated my, my, I uh, hope you updated list. because I'm going to be, the only reason I knew you had another ping pong thing was because I ran into Kevin Nealon and he told me he didn't go. And I was like, what? I didn't get invited. Then I knew you didn't have my, I think I got his invitation back. Did he move? Maybe he, I don't know. I think he might've moved just to get away from my invitation. <laughs> when you saw him, was he dressed like a shrub? <laughs> Because I have a feeling he's hiding from me. 
Well, anyway, um, thank you so much for doing this and um, stay healthy. I'm so happy. We, we are the last, there's, by the way, there's a show called The Last of Us. I know you don't watch shows, but if you no. DVD or something, it, it's about like sort of this thing and what happens after there's a pandemic kind of thing. It was really good. It was only like eight episodes. It's really good. Wow. Because anyway, apparently the third hint, the, the herd thins fast. The, the herd the, thins So there were really, only eight episodes because the, the herd thins dead. really fast. And it's the really last good. two episodes were just monologues. <laughs> that's that's how few people. Survive. It's really good. Wow. Anyway, thank you so, so much. I absolutely adore you. And um, and I put in the liner notes, uh, um, paulapoundstone.com, and, and I'll remind people about where they can find you, and it'll be Terrific. right there. They can just click that thing. And uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, except we do. We do. Well, I'm very flattered. It was really fun, Vicki. I love you, too. I will uh, look forward to seeing you, you know. In real life. Some, some big Hollywood soiree. <laughs> or ping pong. A ping pong. Whatever That's a big Hollywood first. soiree. It is. It is. Yeah. All right. You take care of yourself. You too, Paula. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm trying to. It's. <laughs>